Well, hey, friends, Happy New Year, and welcome to season four of the Still Becoming podcast. I cannot wait to introduce you to new friends this season. Some of the interviews are completed, and I'm just sitting on pins and needles until I can introduce some of these lovely women to all of you. Today's episode includes my interview with Janet McHenry. I'm going to introduce you to her in just a few minutes. But first, I wanted to share a little bit about what's on my heart for 2024. And it does impact season four and mostly the solo episodes that I'll be creating for you as we go along. As the ball dropped at midnight on January 1st, 2024, suddenly, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I felt this ominous feeling. Oh no, we're heading into another tumultuous year in our country. What's it going to look like? What's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Have we learned anything from the tumultuous years? of the last election. Have we? As Christians, how are we called to behave? Who are we reflecting in the culture? Are we peacemakers or are we dividers? Where does God stand on all of this? And so this is troubling my heart. It troubled my heart before, and I sought answers several years ago, and I'm back to those questions again. And sadly, it just seems the longer I live, the more I realize that there really are times, (laughs) lots of times when As a culture, we don't learn the lessons from the past. We say we do. We say things will never be repeated again. Each generation thinks we know more than the last generation. We're so much smarter. We're so much more enlightened. And yet things seem to repeat themselves over and over. And so in light of all that, my solo episodes will be addressing how we can walk strong in the culture we've been called to. Now in season two, I covered walk in it, shining the light along the way, which is a message I give and I'm giving. And I look forward to giving quite often in 2024. In fact, I'm upgrading it and I'm adding content and changing things out to make it more relevant for what we're facing in the coming year. If you'd like to listen to that message, go back to season two. A good part of season two is about equipping us to walk in the culture. But I feel an urgency that I haven't felt before. Recently, Lisa Whittle, if you follow her on Instagram or Facebook or you buy her book, she's amazing. She's a truth teller. Christian woman, leader, she said that she put out a social media poll to her audience, which is large, and 93% of the women who identified as Bible-believing Christians reported that they no longer felt they could walk strong in our culture, in the world, anymore. And that rattled me. It rattled me at the same time it was ringing loud and clear and true. How do we walk strong in this world? And as a woman who just had her 65th birthday and celebrated 40 years of marriage, I want to be part of a group of women who help bring that number down. It's unacceptable that women who have been walking with God for a long time, who are showing up on Sunday to church, who are serving, who are praying, feel so ill-equipped to walk in a very tumultuous time. Tumultuous times are not new to Christians. In fact, that's when the church thrives, when we are so distinctly different than the culture around us. So I'm asking you to join me on this journey. Come with your own curiosity, your own humility as I'm coming. I don't have all the answers, but I do know I want to be part of an army of women around this country, whoever you are, who is committed to equipping our sisters to walk strong and godly in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're with me, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd also love for you to make sure you're following and subscribing to the Still Becoming podcast so that you know when each new episode is uploaded 
and ready for you to listen to. And truly, will you tell a friend? Will you bind together with other sisters in your sphere of influence and commit yourself to walking strong and to be a living example of Jesus Christ to a lost and hurting world? It's important. It's really, really important and has eternal significance. Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Still Becoming podcast, a place where women like you and me find help to move from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Laura Acuna. The Still Becoming podcast is where we gather to rethink our thinking about ourselves, our lives, and about our God. We will learn to reframe our shame and trade in limiting beliefs for the liberating truth from God's Word. And why the title Still Becoming? Because that's the Christian journey, isn't it? As we apply God's perfect Word to our lives for growth and change, we are always growing, always learning, and still becoming the women He created us to be. It's never perfect, and it's not too late. Do I need to say that again? It is never perfect, and it is not too late. I am so glad you're here for the journey, and I'm praying that God will speak directly to you through today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm so happy to introduce you all to Janet McHenry. She's a national speaker and the author of, are you ready? 27 books, including the best-selling Prayer Walk, The Complete Guide to the Prayers of Jesus, and her new release, which we'll be talking about today, Praying Personalities, Finding Your Natural Prayer Style. And that's in pre-release right now and will be released on February 13th. Janet directs the prayer ministries at the Bridge Church in Reno and serves on the California leadership team for the National Day of Prayer. The leader of the hundreds strong Bible girls and a prayer walker, Janet has helped others foster a hope-filled, purposeful lifestyle built on prayer and God's Word for more than two decades. Sisters, you are in for a fire hose of living water, wisdom, truth, and an entirely new way of looking at prayer through your unique personality. I love this conversation. I learned a lot from reading her book. Now I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Janet McHenry. Well, hello, Janet McHenry. I'm so glad that you are with us today on the Still Becoming podcast. Laura, it's just such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for my listeners to learn about your new book. And first, though, I want you to tell me a little bit about you. Well, I'm a former high school English teacher. I hope no one holds that against me. (laughs) (laughs) Mom of four adult kids. I have a bunch of grandkids, too, who are super fun. And we live here in the Sierra Valley in Northern California. It's the largest Alpine Valley in North America. And my husband is a cattle rancher here. Uh, midlife, he had a, a midlife crisis, yeah, and he left his law practice and started full time ranching. So wow. wow, we've had we've had an interesting life, and uh, just love it here. And uh, there's no snow yet, but we're hoping certainly by airtime in January, the beginning of the year, maybe we'll be snow covered. <laughs> that, you know, I, I am going to ask you a, a, a question. My listeners know this about the season of life you're in right now. But I, my ears just perked up at transition and resilience. I've already I already hear that in your story, so that's really valuable, really, yes. really valuable. 
Gosh, I can't, I've never been to that part of the country. I've been to the Los Angeles area several times, but I'll bet it's beautiful up there. Just beautiful. We are this uh, beautiful mountain valley that is as large as Lake Tahoe. So if you've been there, you can picture that, except without the water. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to say it. That's a good it's way to say with, it. Filled with cattle ranchers. Wow. What an interesting life you've had. I'm sure there's a lot to it. Okay. So let's talk about praying personalities, finding your natural praying style. Tell us about your book. Let's start with when did prayer become a passion for you, Janet? Well, you know, I was one of those women who was just on the go all the time. And when I tried to find time to pray, I often found myself nodding off or getting distracted. But that kind of changed one day. You know, I had a season when I really struggled with my weight. I was huffing and puffing, going up and down stairs, and I needed painkillers to go to sleep at night. And the worst moment was when I walked out my back door one day and I found myself in a crumpled heap um, mm. because my knee had given way. So right there on the concrete, I decided, you know, I'm going to get up a little bit earlier tomorrow and I'm going to walk. And then while I walk, I'll pray. Because I knew that for some time, God had been asking me to spend more time with him, you know, just he and I together. So it started out with a lot of minus to my prayers, my marriage, my kids, my job as a teacher. And that all changed one day when I watched this young man pull up in his little pickup truck, park in front of the daycare center in our downtown area here in Loyalton. It's a town that's a half mile from one end to the other no stoplights, no stop signs, no stoplights <laughs> in our entire county. It's very rural. <laughs> wow. So I watched this young man get out and he handed over this beautiful little blanketed bundle to a woman on the sidewalk who worked in the daycare center. And that little girl said, bye, daddy, I love you. And I knew right then that God had me out on the streets of my community, less for the minus of my prayers, but more for the needs of others. Mm. So I began opening up my eyes, praying for the businesses up and down Main Street where I was walking, eventually began walking around the school sites and praying for the teachers in the schools. I prayed for the bus drivers as they're heading out. I prayed for the mill workers heading to the mill and the loggers going out into the woods. And it became an intercessory kind of a, a ministry for me to pray for my community it also developed a passion in me to learn more about prayer, you know. And so I began kind of combing the Bible, reading from cover to cover and looking for all those instances where prayer is mentioned, where there are prayers, where we can learn about prayer. And that's, Laura, really where it started about 25 years ago. Wow, that is so beautiful. And when I think just as you're speaking, what if all of us did that in our communities? Right. What if we right. did that? Oh my goodness. And I know there were big changes from your yeah. praying as time went on. Yeah. You want to share some of that? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I dropped a couple dress sizes that I needed to lose and those aches and pains went away. But I also found that the, the depression that had been clouding most of my adult life was gone. <laughs> mm -hmm. I realized that one morning when I was making lunches for my kids in the kitchen and my son, Josh came in, he goes, mom, what are you doing? And I, I looked down and I looked at him and I said, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he said, no, mom, you were singing. You know, he'd never heard his mom singing before seven o'clock in the morning before, you know, it was more like, get up, get out of bed. We got to go to school, you know? Right. 
a grouchy mom, but the heaviness, a lot of that weight had left. And I also found that, you know, irrational fears that that I was allowing to control my life were gone as well. So there were physical, emotional, and spiritual changes in my life because of the practice of prayer walking. Amazing. And you've written a book on that too. Yes. (laughs) Give us the name of that and we'll put it in the show notes. It's called Prayer Walk, Becoming a Woman of Prayer, Strength, and Discipline. And it's been out since about 2001, still in print and available today. Awesome. And what has happened in your community over the time you've been praying for the businesses? uh, Yeah. Even back then when I wrote that book, you know, I was just praying for people. No one knew that I was out there, you know, prayer walking. They just saw me walking. But so it was a little, there was some angst (laughs) that I had because I kind of had to investigate, you know, I was praying for the mill, you know, that God would be working in the, in the lumber mill and with the, the loggers and so forth. And so I had to kind of ask some questions around. And just one instance was that at the lumber mill, I asked a friend of mine who worked there, Vic, and, and I said, has anything happened in the, in the mill in the last couple of years? And he goes, that's crazy that you asked that, Janet. And he says, because, you know, before we weren't able to, to have our Bibles even at lunchtime and or to have a Bible study, but now we can. There's an openness. We haven't had accidents there. There was uh, an instance where one of the restaurant owner called me up one day and he says, he goes, I hear you've been praying for my wife. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> He goes, well, I got to let you know your prayers are working because her re- her eyesight is being restored. Oh and that was something that I had heard. And so I just want to thank you. I I just had heard that, you know, you keep, when you begin praying for your community, you got your antenna up, you know, and you want to look around and you want to listen for the needs in your community. And then you simply pray for those. So there's a, just a couple of instances, um, but there have been many, many more. Our community physically has dramatically changed in the way that it looks. It was a really kind of a sad town. I was kind of embarrassed about the way it looked, but that, you know, I realized that had changed one day when uh, a gal that I worked with at the school at the time said, she was, I just love Loyalton. It's such a cute little town. And I had to stop and think, I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't take credit for that, but I, I feel completely privileged to have partnered with the Lord and intercession for my community. And and I know that he does hear our prayers. Wow. That's a beautiful way to look at it. Well, your book is about finding our natural prayer style. And before we came on, I was chatting with you about some of the, the ahas I had as I read through your book. What do you mean by a natural praying style? Well, I was, uh, you know, a person who, because I was so crazy about the prayer walking thing, you know, for years and years and years, I've been speaking to groups about it and doing trainings and leading prayer walks and things like that. I was trying to get everyone to prayer walk because I thought it's, it's the be all end all, what everybody should be doing with their prayer lives. Take your prayers to the streets, right? Mm -hmm. And then open your eyes and see others needs. But when I would speak, there would always be someone who would come up to me, a little lady, usually who would say, but Janet, I can't walk. So what Mm. do I do? That's stuck in the back of my mind. And then a couple of years ago, I was speaking to a writer's group about all the ways that we perhaps could, you know, bring more prayer into our lifestyle. And I heard myself say, (laughs) perhaps (laughs) it has something to do with our personality. 
And it was one of those aha moments where you go, wow. And this was a moment of silence. And then everybody said, you should write a book about that. <laughs> and I love so it. I did what I did be, then because I'd already been reading through the Bible, I began kind of put my antenna up to look at the different praying people in the Bible. And what I noticed is that they approach God in so many different ways. Their language and tone is different. You know, um, you, if you look at Moses, you know, Moses just argued with God. He had a half a dozen different reasons as to why he couldn't, you know, bring the Israelites out of captivity. But and then you look at someone like David who wrote Psalms, he wrote music. His music was his prayer life. Someone like, um, we even look at, at Hannah you know, in first uh, Samuel one and it's there, she's, you know, she's in angst, she's in lament, she's crying out to God, you know, for a child. And then she, you know, God blesses her with the child. Next chapter is, you know, a very long pair of praise and Thanksgiving. There are just different ways that we can pray. And I did, you know, a bunch of digging into personality as well, and tried to think of, you know, the various ways, you know, that we actually, as people, could be freed up to think about how could prayer become more natural in my lifestyle. Perhaps you've had a friend who said, you know, have, do you have a prayer closet? You should have a prayer closet and you should go there for an hour every day and post your prayers up on the walls. And right. then maybe, maybe you have a friend who said, you know, I write out all my prayers and I think that's what you should do. Or I have a notebook and I keep track of them. So on Monday, I'm praying for our church people. And on, on Tuesday, I'm praying for my family. Those are different kinds of praying styles. And one is not necessarily better than another. I love this because you know, you're you bringing to mind a memory. I went to a, a women's conference when I was a young mother. And there was a breakout on how to have a prayer life. And the woman who led it brought in her actual furniture from her home. So it was like this gorgeous Ethan Allen easy chair and a side table and a candle and this brass lamp. And she had this beautiful quilt and she wrapped herself all up in it and showed us how to have a prayer life. And I was sitting there and I was working full time. I had three little boys. My prayers were in the van, you know, dropping them off at school and coming back or in the shower. And I can remember just wanting to say, I can't do that. I I, I can't. I don't have <laughs> and I don't have that cute stuff either, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but you're giving us permission yeah. to lean into the way God created us as individuals and Absolutely. all the shoulds and oughts are, you're saying, lay that down. And through these personalities that you've drawn out from scripture, I mean, you've just named a few. There are several people in God's word that you show us their prayer style and how they approached God and you back it up with all of the scriptures. That, I mean, this, I said to you ahead of time, this is a substantial book. This is not a frilly little book for girls. This is a serious book on prayer. <laughs> and um, it, it's eye-opening, it's illuminating, and it's solid. It's really solid. So you go through different characters from the Bible, people that we some we know, some we may not know. And then you um, talk about the different personality styles and different kinds of personality assessments. So how did you get interested in that? And how does that tie in with all of this? You know, years ago, I probably was in my 30s, you know, and, you know, kind of in this real season of 
you know, struggle as a, a mom raising kids and so forth and always feeling as though there was something wrong with me. Right. I wasn't, you know, the love like the ocean Christian. I wasn't a peace like the river Christian. I wasn't the joy like a fountain Christian. I was different than that. My emotions, you know, often clashed with my desire to to lead. And so what I found though, is that through reading of, of half a dozen different Christian books on personality, that I learned that I have the personality who is simply going to be focused in on getting things done. Linda Goldfarb and Linda Gilden have uh, the linked personalities and have written about that in several of their books. And I would be called a mobilizer. I'm, you know, for me, the, the greatest joy in the day is getting everything checked off the list that I feel like God wants me to get done that day. You know, whereas, you know, perhaps there's a socializer, for example, and that's the real outgoing, fun, spirited kind of person who uh, their objective is that, that life today should be fun. You know, <laughs> I do know, believe me. <laughs> You just described me. Go ahead. That's my oldest. <laughs> and then there's a, you know the personality of the organizer. This is the meticulous person. Tends toward perfectionism. Likes to have things in all the places, but you know really is kind of has a very emotional makeup as well. And then there's the person who their desire is to, to have things organized and in place, and that that makes them you know have calm in their life. And then there's the person who basically seeks peace. That person, you know, will go to prayer, for example, will go to prayer for the purpose of seeking peace in their lives. Whereas I, in my life, I go to prayer for the purpose of getting things done. Mm. You know, God, please, you know, and I'll, and I'll have the desire, even as a prayer request comes to me. I head up the uh, the prayer ministry at my church, have for about 20 years now. Prayers come in. I pray right then, you know, even on Facebook. Will you pray for me? I pray right then. And then for the church, I send them all out, you know, to get that prayer work done, you know. So they're certainly just different ways based on our personality. You know, I think it's it's fascinating. And I noticed even this week I was reading a devotion from Oswald Chambers. And even he wrote, he recognizes that he wrote, uh, personality is the unique, limitless part of our life that makes us distinct from everyone else. God made us each differently. It's okay if our prayer life does not look like someone else's praying life. That is so liberating. And as you were describing Linda's words, her, her terminology, for different personality types. I'm thinking this is what makes the world go round. We need to have all of us together with our different personalities. And yet so many times, I think as Christian women, I feel like we have this pressure on us at times to conform and be somebody we're not. As a young woman, I can remember there was a book about putting on a gentle spirit, a Bible study for women. And it was like one of my first Bible studies when I was first married. And I thought, I have to learn how to be quiet and be gentle <laughs> in order to be a Christian woman, you know? And I, it was so frustrating. The result of it was I felt like God couldn't use me because I wasn't serene and quiet and pondering like Mary and all those things. So I feel as though in your book, the way it's structured 
and the grace that is woven through all the chapters. You are giving us permission to be our true selves. And that's beautiful. I mean, that's really, really beautiful. How many of my listeners right now avoid prayer because they can't do it perfectly or the way someone told them they should do it? Right. You know, even if uh, I examine not only the personalities, but also generational praying styles, you know, whether we're, you know, a baby boomer or whether we're Gen X or a millennial, we have experienced prayer in different kinds of ways. I grew up in more of a formal setting. And so in the home, prayers were, um, prayers came out of a book. (laughs) There wasn't, wasn't taught that prayer could be a natural conversational sort of a thing that you could have. That's something that I've grown into throughout the decades, but the Gen X is, you know, their experience is going to be something different. Millennials are different. Indeed, they grew up with technology. And so they may even find that prayer apps for them, reminders to pray, those kinds of devices are going to be helpful for them. So I looked at not only uh, biblical praying styles and personalities and how they could influence the way that we pray, but also generational praying styles and even learning styles, because I thought that perhaps there's a way that we pray that helps us understand how we receive information. I'm very audio in orientation. I need to, if I hear something, I find myself talking to myself a lot <laughs> and I realize it's, it's to cement things in my head. It's to help me remember them, but other kinds of learning styles that seem natural to people. For example, if someone's more kinesthetic in terms of the way that they learn, they're very hands-on. Perhaps they want a prayer walk. Perhaps they want to use a labyrinth or something like that. That's going to be physical in nature. Perhaps they simply want to walk around their home and they're going to pray over their children's bedrooms. And that's going to be more effective for them than sitting in a chair. I love that. When you were going through first the generational prayer styles, I thought of my grandmother who was a a great figure of faith in my life. But she would always say to me, the Bible says you pray in quiet. You don't pray in front of people. You know, she was very strong on that. And so I grew up with that message as well. And then as I, like you indicate in your book, you came to Christ during the Jesus movement. I did too. And I learned to pray out loud. I mean, it just, everything changed. So yeah, the boomers, us boomers definitely have come out of that background that really resonated with me. And then also my children are millennials. So that resonated with me as well. And then you're talking about the learning styles and that comes from you being a high school teacher. That's what you had to kind of work through while you were teaching so many different students. So of course that makes sense as well. I don't know if you know this or not, but life coaching is the second most growing profession in the United States. We probably can thank COVID for that because so many people came out of that experience wanting change. And that might be you. Are you in a transition? Have the kids left home? Are you thinking about retirement, but you can't make sense of how you are going to be fulfilled and serving God well in the next chapter of your life? If any of this resonates with you, life coaching may be your next right step. Let's find out. Head on over to my webpage, go to the coaching tab and fill out the free discovery call form. I'd love to encourage you as you embark on your next chapter, helping you uncover your God-given potential, deepen your faith, and build confidence and authenticity. Although every client has their own unique story, 
My prayer and my goal for each client is that her life will blossom with purpose and faith and ultimately be overflowing with joy. Even if we're, we're thinking about generational or learning kind of styles of prayer that with each of those, I offer suggestions in terms of, so if this sounds like you, here are some ways that, you know, you might explore in terms of, you know, developing a praying lifestyle. And I like to emphasize that term praying lifestyle as opposed to prayer life, because, and then I learned this from my friend, the late Jennifer Kennedy Dean, and she wrote books about having a praying life. Not that we, we just consider that, okay, my five minutes are up. That was my prayer life. I'm done with that for the day. But that we eventually learn in whatever natural praying, you know, kind of style for us is going to be seen to sync with our personality and with the lifestyle that we lead. Then we find that perhaps we're even, it's creeping into everything throughout our day that, you know, we see ourselves more and more in communication with God because we just desperately need his guidance throughout our day. We do. That is so, so true. And I love Jennifer Kennedy Dean. What a giant of the faith. Deeply missed. At the end of every chapter, you have prayer pointers, which you were just alluding to, and discussion questions. So I love the prayer pointers because, again, they're, they're suggestions. If, if this is you, you might want to try these five or six, seven things, <laughs> which are really helpful really, really helpful. And then of course the discussion questions are great for journaling, but also you could do this book with a small group, couldn't you? I think it'd be fun to explore with a group of people. I hope to do that myself because I think perhaps we see some things in each other that that even as individuals, we don't see in ourselves because uh, people will often, might often say to me, Janet, you say you're introverted, but you seem so comfortable in public settings. I'm like, so that makes me have to kind of think. Even you were speaking earlier, Laura, about praying in a group. Praying out loud in a group for me is still not a comfortable thing, even though I've now written, I think, eight books on prayer. (laughs) (laughs) So so when someone says, hey, will you pray for our group, Janet? I'm like, deep breath. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Many people need to hear that. You know, and I think that's even a consideration that we can have when we are in a group setting, you know, be that a Bible study or a book study that we have, or even in in a church setting that we think maybe we don't want to call on the introverted person, or maybe we just want to give her a heads up. Yes, that's a good one. (laughs) Give her her a heads up, you know, ahead of time. Yes. Oh, I just love this. I love it so much. Okay, now you talk a lot about personality assessments, and you and I both know in the Christian world, there's some like, hmm, amongst some parts of our our faith. So why don't you explain your view on personality assessments? First of all, I started the book examining biblical praying styles, and there's several chapters there, you know, looking at, at different kinds of biblical praying styles, because I wanted to start grounded in God's work. But I do um, offer an examination of eight different kinds of personality theories. And we'll call them theories because they are man-created, right? We can can recognize that God has created different kinds of personalities, but the actual assessments, uh, theories have been created by man. 
we may find that they hold true and we may find of the some of them, maybe not always. <laughs> right. So what I, what I did was uh, when I was looking at taking a look at them and the everywhere, anywhere from all the way back to the Greek temperaments up through modern kinds of personality assessments, I tried to look at those underlying questions. So instead yes. of like giving the reader a quiz to take about like which kind of Myers-Briggs are you, I looked at the underlying questions and then tried to examine those in light of personality, light of, you know, what God's word has shown me, and then to offer suggestions to the reader about what might be some natural kind of praying styles. Because I recognize that some have dug into Greek temperaments. That was kind of maybe more our generation, Laura. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some, you know, some in the business world have learned more about Myers-Briggs, other kinds of assessments as well. Maybe Kiersey or 16 personalities, you know, big five, all of these. And I think one thing that we also want to be careful about is to think about the originators of these theories and to examine perhaps where they came from. So I, I try to just be a journalist. And I put my journalist hat on. I actually have a journalism degree and was an investigator of them and report what they are without advocating for any of them specifically. I love this. And we have perfect autonomy as grown up Christian women to be discerning about what we take as truth and what we don't. And so we can disagree with the outcomes or we we don't have to, again, conform into any one place. Right, right. And there is this struggle with me about not wanting to necessarily feel as though I've been, been pushed into a box. Right. You know, or that someone or someone is viewing me like, oh, you're this kind of personality, therefore. And that's where grace comes in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we can learn to recognize our own strengths, but we also learn to recognize some of our weaknesses as we're, you know, reading about some of these personality theories. For me, the recognition of my potential weaknesses as a person when I was back in my 30s was a big aha. It really helped me seriously begin to read the Bible. It helped me really seriously begin to read other really good Christian books about spiritual formation and really growing in my spiritual life as a whole. Beautiful. And of course, self-awareness is everything. I mean, to be aware not only of our strengths, but of our weaknesses, that's the whole picture. And you're making me think too, I can remember when I did Myers-Briggs back in, in my working days, there was a kind of a pigeonhole kind of a feeling to it that you had to have, you know, one of each personality type on a team. There couldn't be two right. of you, that kind of thing. Of course, that also can lead into spiritual gifts, which is my next question, because you, the last section of the book is on spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't like the spiritual gift that we have been told we have. <laughs> <laughs> And um, other times we say, because something isn't our gift, then we don't have to do it. (laughs) I've heard that too. Right. You know, I don't have the gift of hospitality, so I don't need to have anybody ever in my house ever. So let's talk about spiritual gifts in the context of prayer, of course. And why would you include these in the book? Well, you know, it occurred to me also that another huge identifier in terms of, you know, who we are as, as people has to do with our spiritual gifts. And, you know, there's a lot of teaching that occurs in the New Testament about these, you know, Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, about the different types of giftings that God gives us. And that we are completely in a place where we need 
prayer. We need God's guidance to be able to live that out and to grow into that spiritual gifting that God has given us. Mm -hmm. So that's why I took a look at the gifts in the examination of them. I only looked at what God's word says. I examined the teachings behind those. I looked at the Greek behind the words that the apostle Paul was using as he was teaching about them. And in terms of to do some coaching and teaching about how, you know, we would incorporate prayer. How does this connect with our praying life? It's beautiful. I loved reading that part of the book. I I really did. And then at the end of your book, you have a quiz. Tell us about the quiz. <laughs> I, t- I took it. Good. (laughs) So in the back of the book, there is a a written quiz that you can take called the Praying Personalities Quiz. And there is a QR code in the book, but it that can lead you to um, the website. But if you go to prayingpersonalities.com, you'll find a a 16 question quiz that could help lead you to what your praying personality might be. It was super fun to write. I only based it based on basically on spiritual life and what kind of our natural tendencies are created four different praying personalities, the problem solver. That would be someone like me. I hear a a need for prayer and I'll pray right then. Or even if God says, go, I've sense that God tells me in church, go talk to that person. I'll do a little chit chat, but I'll say, how can I pray for you? Instead of saying, can I pray for you? So that's just, no, that's Mm. the approach that I use. But then another praying personality could be the person I call the friend of God. This is someone who is very social, very relational in orientation. So for them, their praying lifestyle would be best carried out in groups. In their family setting, maybe they have a prayer group that they can meet with on a periodic basis. Maybe they have a Zoom group that they can meet with every week. Not that I'm saying that once a week for prayer is enough. But they're just going to be, it's going to be more natural. It's going to be more fun for them because that's their orientation to pray with other people. Then another type of praying personality is the organized prayer. And this is a person who might find journaling prayers to be a wonderful spiritual discipline, or they might find that keeping that organized notebook with the different sections, that just makes so much sense. They might and even to a spreadsheet. I had someone suggest that I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that, that, that would be the organized prayer to the nth, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That would make me nuts, but yes. <laughs> someone else that's energizing. And then that, that peace seeker is the last of the praying personalities. That person goes to prayer for peace. Peace is their objective. You know, they, they need that peace and quiet. They're highly introverted, you know? And so for them, it's going to be a very quiet thing. Praying in a larger setting, it's going to be uncomfortable. Same with the organized prayer. They need to be off by themselves, you know, have their own quiet place. But that peace seeker, that person will want to recognize that they they need a little nudge to get into prayer. And so maybe they set a prayer app, you know, or they set their phone and every day at 7 a.m., that's when they're going to pray, you know, or maybe they have that no uh, phone alarm set several times during the day just to kind of prod them because they might get to a place where life is overwhelming again and they need that peace. So they want to spend time with God. <laughs> love it. I love it. I'm a friend of God, a hundred percent, but, <laughs> but here's the overlap. I set alarm mm-hmm. because yeah. people like me, sanguines, we forget things. Yeah. We get all caught up in stuff <laughs> and we forget. So 
I, I can't stand it. If I told someone, I either have to pray for them right away on the spot. I've learned that. So I do it. Or I have to set alarms because I would just be so devastated if I told someone I was praying for them and I, and I forgot. So there are overlaps, as you well know. And if the reader, you know, listener here has done any kind of personality studies, we know that we're typically a combo of two. That's right. That's right. Typically a combo of two different types. That's right. That's right. Okay. So what would be the greatest takeaway, you as the author who has spent so much time researching and so much time living with this content for so long, I know very well, um, (laughs) you've been immersed in it. What is the takeaway for the reader? As I do any teaching on prayer, the one thing that I want to always emphasize is that prayer is more about access than about answers. So that's going to resonate hugely with <laughs> with the friend of God kind of praying people. Yes. But you know to actually understand that the living God, our creator, wants to hear from us. Wants us to just be quiet for a while, wants us to simply go to him with all of our needs. So it's more important that that we develop that relationship with him then that we have this long stream of requests. The requests are great, but eventually we learn and hopefully we get to that place. And that this is my objective is that we are having a praying without ceasing kind of lifestyle and that we understand that he's with us always, wherever we are. I love it. I just wrote it down. Prayer is more about access than answers. That's, that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. That's something that that's memorable. We can take that take that to the bank. That's really good. Okay. So at the end of um, every podcast, before we get into where we can find your beautiful book and and pre-order and all, I'm asking every guest this season, season three, how are you experiencing the grace and aging in the season that you're in right now? Give us some wisdom and what has surprised you? I retired from teaching. I think it's been seven years now, which seems amazing. And I'm finding my life even more fulfilling than it was when I was teaching high school juniors and seniors and helping them launch into the world. I love that part of my life, but I really am sensing God's presence with me moment by moment. I'm loving the writing, the speaking, coaching kinds of work that I'm doing. I feel as though, you know, every day matters and that I am still becoming. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm still becoming, as you would say, Laura, that God's not done with me yet. There's purpose to my life, you know, in every breath that I have. Sometimes, you know, tell people, I feel like I have 10 more good years. I have all those moments that I have left are going to be good. And they're good because our God is good. I love that. I love that. What would you say to a young, younger woman right now who's in the midst of the career building years, maybe, or the mama years, and she just wants to serve God and she feels like she's got one foot nailed to the floor. What would you say to her? I tell her to be completely immersed in God's word as much as she can. I know it's really hard. I did my Bible reading, you know, when I was working and I had my four kids at home, you know, at the end of the day, I could shut my door and have my Bible. Sometimes, oftentimes, I was nodding off. I was falling asleep. I was so exhausted. <laughs> yes. But even just that helped me get ready for the next day, sleep well to get ready for the next day. So I would say God's word, you know, is, is essential. It allows us to know more about ourselves, allows us to know about the God who loves us. 
I believe it also encourages and inspires our prayer lives and it teaches us how to pray his will. So um, I think it really is essential. Reading great books <laughs> is awesome, but we really need to be grounded in God's word. Get some of it. And I hope that that's more than just a devotional read every day. I know a lot of the younger generations are depending on devotional books for you know their inspiration. Yes, They're good, but I feel like they should only be accessories to God's word. Agree. Agree. There's no substitute for being in God's word for yourself with the Bible open and yeah. some quiet. It doesn't have to be long, but whenever we can grab it, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yes. Okay. So tell us where, I know your book's in pre-order. Tell mm -hmm. us where we can find Praying Personalities, Finding Your Natural Praying Style. It's on all the online stores such as Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, christianbook.com, available for pre-order now. It releases February 13th. I actually think it's going to ship before then because we got things done earlier. Wow, and, um, that never happens. <laughs> see, that that's my personality, though. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you Get go. Get it done early. <laughs> so yeah, it's available where books are sold. It'll be available uh, certainly after February in bookstores as well. Okay, well, we will include all the links that you have mentioned, the quiz and um, where to find the book in the show notes. Janet, will you pray us out? Absolutely. Father, we thank you so much for your good grace. We thank you that you allow us to approach you with the God-given personality that we have. We thank you for making us exactly how we are, Father. And we pray that we are, again, still becoming, that we're still growing in your grace. We thank you for your mercies along the way as we're getting there, Father. And we pray that Whatever we say, do, and even think is pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for being on today, Janet. Thank you, Laura. Well, thanks for coming by. I hope my conversation with Janet has spoken directly to you. Now, don't forget to check out the show notes. There you will find all the links that were mentioned in this episode, along with how to find Janet's book and her ministry. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again. I'll see you next time on the Still Becoming Podcast.